It's the next level. Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited as we continue our rewatch into the series. Uh, I am your host, one of your hosts, Ben. And I'm Mikel. <laughs> Mikel, I can't pronounce your last name correctly. I think Mikel is, is good enough. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. Wait, what is his last name? Let's try and say it. Mikel. Well, how about be- I, I was going to say, how about you give your actual name to the listeners? Because some of them might be new. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, I'm Kristen. <laughs> there we go. Your other host. Yeah. No, me, Michael, Michael um, Bakunin, I think is how it's pronounced. Hang on. Bakunin. Bakunin. Michael Bakunin. I don't know. There we go. Oh, that's probably accurate. <laughs> I am. I'm part Russian. No, I'm not. Yeah. No, I'm not either. It's all right. That is not Russian uh, as it gets. Um, a couple things before we jump into this episode of the uh, of the rewatch. Uh, first off, uh, we're back from our holiday break because we took a little bit of a break for the Thanksgiving break, and um, we're about schedule- to have another break. <laughs> we're about to have another break <laughs> because of Christmas. However, um, I'm, I'm extending the invite right now because I know he's going to be one of the first people to hear this podcast because he always we post on Friday um, mornings. Like I post Thursday night into Friday and he usually listens at like 1 a.m. on Friday. And that's our buddy Des. Uh, you are going on vacation next week. I with am. Your family. I am. Um, so rather than skip a week, I want to extend the invite out to um, Des. And I don't want to. Yeah. I, well, I don't want to isolate people because I know like our friend Steve and Gemma, like we have other friends that would love to be a part of this podcast. And we're definitely going to have them all on at some point before we wrap. But I'm going to extend the first invite out to Des. So Des, if you're hearing this, uh, if you want to be my co-host next week for uh, Par Avion, which is the Claire flashback, uh, hit me up and let me know. We can work out scheduling and stuff. Don't worry, Des. But- I won't be there. I'm just no. kidding. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be and you'll be on vacation. Yeah. Too. Um, but the following weeks, um, we're we're still going to bring you new recordings. Uh, so the week of Christmas, we're going to be a day late. So we're you and I are going to record on Friday rather than Thursday and post yep. on Saturday morning. Yep. And then the following week, we're back. Uh, January second, we're going to be back to normal schedule. So recording on the second, and posting on the third. So it's just these next two weeks that are going to be affected, and it's because of Christmas. And your vacation. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to go on vacation. I'm so excited. I'm so, so, if this has been a real, real rough uh, semester, a rough fall, a rough winter, I'm excited to just leave. 
<laughs> I I hear you. I, trust me. If I could get away, I would absolutely get away. Well, my door is always open. You know that. Oh, so I can stay at your house while you're at, while you're on vacation? Please Sweet. do. Take care of my cat. <laughs> oh, man. That would be fun if I did do it. Bring- I'm sure you have somebody taking care of the cat, though. I do. No, and don't and do not tell me to bring Cardi B because if I do, she's getting left there. But she's so cute. Okay, so cute. So those who don't know, Ben has this cat. Ben has a lot of cats. He's a cat gentleman. Um, (laughs) but he has he has this one cat who I kid you not. First of all, your cat's name is Murphy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's Murphy the cat. But Murphy, Murphy the cat, I call Cardi B because this cat breathes. <laughs> that is every exhale from this fucking cat. <laughs> well, the greatest I, I, thing I've ever seen. It's funny because so many people love Murphy and uh, uh, they don't live with her. Um, so it's, it's rather, it's kind of unfortunate and I know uh, you're going to be bummed out to hear this too. I might have to find a new home for Murphy. No, Murphy Only- is so cool. Murphy is just that cat. That's just like real needy. <laughs> and- well, but here, I know we're, I know we're completely off topic. We haven't even started talking about the episode yet, which is fine. Cause I don't really think there's too much discussion for this episode. Sure there is. Um, well, good. I'm going to l- turn it over to you to start us. But um, m- you're right. Murphy is very needy and she's great with people. She's getting to that age where she's not great with other cats. Oh, and you, you're a cat gentleman. And I have three other cats in my apartment. He has so many cats. <laughs> I there Look, there's a don't make me sound like this lonely, like <laughs> lonely hearts guy. I didn't say lonely. I just that- said you're a cat gentleman. <laughs> Because it's, that's not the case at all. I I had two cats. I feel like I need to explain this now. <laughs> <You have laughs> so I, many cats. I I I lived. I bought a house years ago, and I adopted two cats. I rescued two cats, and I had these two cats. Um, for anybody that doesn't know me personally, I have I had at some point health issues from being a first responder at nine eleven, and. At one point in my life, I got very sick. I lost my job um, because I couldn't work. And I ended up having to move into my mother's apartment with my mother because I couldn't take care of myself. So my mother at the time had two cats and I had my two. She had her two. So we had these four cats living in the same apartment. Eventually, when my mother moved out and I took over the apartment, we didn't want to separate the cats. So I got stuck with four cats. Four um, cats. I just said so many cats. cats. I didn't say how many cats you had. Why? Are, well, when you say when you say so many, I feel like I have to say four because otherwise people think I have like twenty. But no, I have four cats. It's not that many. I will never own four cats again when I am done with these four. Trust me, because they a pain in the ass. You have one of the most beautiful cats I've ever seen, though. Aurora, Aurora is my baby. Yeah, Aurora is one of the most beautiful cats I've ever seen. In fact, we've talked about this so much. I'd appreciate it if you, if you threw up pictures of your cats on your Facebook page. <laughs> I'm going, so people to, I'm going could to have see. to now. I'd say let's put on Instagram, but we, we have no idea about our Instagram <laughs> account. I know. it's. I consider it lost now, much like our survivors. <laughs> our Instagram account we is, lost is, it. Is, we lost it in the purge. Yeah, 
our Instagram account is now somewhere like on an island in the middle of nowhere, and we think it's dead. Yeah. When it's really still alive. Yeah. They're going to come back in five years, like no time had ever passed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, Insta- our Instagram account is just going to suddenly st- suddenly start uh, posting on its own. We have to go back. Right. It's on It's on flight. Um. Oh, my gosh. I haven't watched it in so long. What is the number of that flight? 815? No. Manifest. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> That's coming back soon, though. January 2nd, I think. Or January it- 6th. It's like in two weeks. I know. We're going to have to start reviving the Manifest Minutes. Hey, hey. Oh, that means we have to stop talking about Mandalorian? I can't. I can't. St- I can't do that. Oh, we can't talk about Mandalorian this week. I'm an episode behind. What? I know. I know. I'm slacking. Okay, I'll just tell you and I'll tell everybody else, if you are a Star Wars fan, like a big fan, the last episode, the most recent episode of Mandalorian is going to make you very happy. It's just going to make you happy. I heard they're teasing the return of a potential character. I don't know about that, but I'm just saying that- Potential my, return of a character. My husband, my character. husband and my daughter, who are very big Star Wars fans, we were talking about this before we started recording. Both of them were like positively giddy. It's like they were both eight years old. I need to watch it. I well, I mean, it, here's the thing. Like, it's been it's been a busy week between uh, preparing for a party. I'm DJing a Christmas party. I'm DJing that I DJ every year. Um, I'm in the process right now of. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths is happening right now with the DC podcast, so it's it's been a busy week, and I plan to watch The Mandalorian probably today, so by the time you're hearing this, I would have seen it already. Okay, well, you um, need to tell me as soon as you see it, because I, I really want to talk to you about it, like, a lot. But I'm also in the process of rewatching all 10 movies in 10 days. La, 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 Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, I don't want to hear it. And can I just say, and this will be the final note I say, and then we'll, I promise listeners we will jump into the episode <laughs> breakdown. Um, uh, the I don't know if you've seen them because you're not on Facebook as much anymore, but the Baby Yoda playing music on the ship gifts. And oh memes my gosh, it's so I have, have been, people that send that to me. I don't worry, I have people that send that to me. My cousin and have, my friend Jill are two of them. <laughs> they have been some of the greatest memes. I have I've seen them playing everything like I, <laughs> Baby Yoda. I've seen Baby Yoda play Lizzo. I've seen Baby Yoda play uh, uh, Sandstorm. I've seen like, oh, my God, they've been and they've all been fantastic. I can't get enough. I did. The, so Disney Plus did release their merchandise for Baby Yoda finally. And well, they have the it's cutest. Well, they have the cutest little iPhone case of Baby Yoda, and I want it so bad. And it's thirty five dollars. I'm not spending thirty five dollars on an iPhone case. I'm just not doing um, it. I've already pre ordered sixty dollars worth of Baby Yoda merchandise. Well, you know, you don't you don't have the Christmas list that I do. <laughs> I can't. And I'm also a lonely guy who has four cats. So well, you're a cat gentleman. <laughs> I'm a cat gentleman. <laughs> I love that. That's how we started this episode. <laughs> Is by totally calling me out as a cat gentleman. Well, I didn't start that. Dave started that. He calls you a cat gentleman. I I feel like I need to wear like a faux faux fur coat with a monocle now. (laughs) By Jove, my word, I'm a cat gentleman. (laughs) 
Oh my god. Let's <laughs> You're just picturing it now, aren't you? <laughs> with, with Murphy in the background. Oh crap. Oh crap. God. Oh, I'm oh, so god, sorry. We... Okay, let's do this. Let's be professional. No, we here. should <laughs> We should get into the episode. 15 All minutes right. into recording. We're talking about just cats. A, just about, actually. We're probably like a good 12, 13 minutes <laughs> in. Um, okay. So that being said, uh, as always, this is a spoiler full podcast. You're going to hear us talk about things from <sighs> the past and future of the series. But uh, episode uh, season three, episode 11, uh, Enter 77 is the episode we're going to be talking about, uh, which is a Saeed backstory. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. Where do you want to get us started with this discussion? Let's start with cats. Hey, <laughs> that works out. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so, um, okay, Saeed's backstory. I I love Saeed. I love anything that we get with Saeed. I love that we get more of his backstory because I think his backstory is one of the more interesting ones of the entire cast, um, especially considering kind of like, I mean, he was, he's just, he's worn so many hats, you know? And in this episode, we learn, oh, he's also a pretty good cook, you know? Well, I think we've gotten a touch of that before, haven't we? I think he's... Uh, I, he there was an episode where he spent some time in France as a chef when um when he was still with Shannon. Hmm, I have no memory of that, so I'm just gonna believe you on that. Okay. Um, but he's I I just think that he's so interesting. What I love about the way I and I think that this is one of the uh one of the more recent episodes where the flashback tie in was really solid. Uh, to the current story. I felt like I could connect with why Saeed would be uh, touching on this flashback in his life um, with regards to what he does with Mikkel and how he acts, um, how he acts with keeping him as a prisoner rather than killing him. And the tie in with the cat is also really great. You know, um, of course, it's not a coincidence that the two cats look identical to each other. Of course, it's not a coincidence that Mikkel has named his cat Nadia, who happens to be the love of Saeed's life. And the cat is also connected to a woman that he tortured back in Iraq, who is, which is how he met Nadia. I mean, all of those little intricacies and nuances, I really, really appreciate as, um, as a what do you call it? Viewer? Viewer? Yeah. <laughs> Not listener, viewer. <laughs> As a viewer who pays attention. Um, you know, and I'm kind of glad that you started with this too because I hearing you explain it a little bit more kind of gives me a better connection to uh the flashbacks to the main story because I actually until you started talking about it, I kind of felt like I had trouble making the connection. Like even I thought it would have been a stronger connection and maybe a little bit more shocking if uh, Michael's cat was named Amira instead of um, Nadia because that was the name of the woman that he tortured and the woman that was holding the cat when in, in Saeed's flashback. Um, the Nadia connection I didn't find nearly as as strong. So I don't know. I, I kind of felt like that was a little bit of a stretch to name the cat Nadia. 
Well, and I like it how he said it's because of Nadia Komenich, which she is a superstar in Russia. I mean, she's a worldwide superstar, but she's a superstar in Russia. So that's not too much of a stretch. And I think that naming the cat Amira would have been a little too on the nose and it would have been kind of hokey. But to have that connection to him as a torturer by saying that the cat's name was Nadia instead of Amira because it he still tortured Amira, but he met Nadia as a torturer. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. So no, it's I, just, I, it's I, a little totally bit more that. nuanced. Yeah. I, and I totally get that. And it's just, with the, the only thing I took from Saeed's backstory connecting to the main story was him leaving under, was getting a better understanding as to why he kept Michael, uh, Michael alive by the end instead of killing him. Um, you know, so that, but that was really the only takeaway I got from Saeed's story. Now, I mean, again, that's not to say it's anything like Stranger in a Strange Land where Jack's flashback was completely pointless, mm-hmm. um, other than just to explain the tattoos. I still think, um, at, at standing alone, Saeed's backstory gave us a much better understanding as to Saeed's character and to where he's been. Uh, where this character has been, where this character comes from. So even if there wasn't a connection between the main story and the backstory, I still would have found his backstory, his his flashback in this episode, intriguing. Um, well, you know, be- I mean, but if you also, I'm sorry to step on you. No, it's but fine. If you also look at it as Saeed was saying, he was sure that they weren't alone. He was sure that he was, that uh, Mikel was one of the others and he wasn't, um, a Dharma initiative that that goes to kind of Saeed and the way that he was kind of trapped into going into the restaurant with a very kind man who had ulterior motives, who tricked him into being um, uh, kept held captive. Um, So, I mean, it's loose, but it's there. I can That's see how he would I could see how he would be like, you know what? I've been in this situation before and this is this is not going to end well. Well, that's an interesting thing. That's an interesting comparison to make too that I didn't make until now is that if you if you compare the two situations whether it be semi you know luring Saeed in uh to confront him as a torturer and then Saeed entering into the flame with Michael, semi went to Saeed knowing exactly who Saeed was and that he was pretending to be somebody else. Saeed did the same exact thing this time. It's almost like Saeed fell into the semi-role when it came to Michael. Interesting. Because because Saeed knew looking at that horse as he reveals later, somebody else was in that was in that hatch. Mm-hmm. Before he even went in there, he knew somebody else was in there. So he entered in there having before he even stepped out of the woods with his hands up and before mm. getting shot, he already knew Michael was pretending and somebody else was in there. So he kind of entered into that. He kind of entered into that scenario in the semi role. Yeah, absolutely. I also like it that we have a little Marvel connection there with semi. Um, rem- I know, I the- I know that actor's face, and I can't think of. He was held captive with Tony Stark in the with first Tony Iron Stark Man. With Tony Stark in the first Iron Man. Yep, he was in the caves. That's right. I forgot about that. I knew I recognized his face from somewhere. And I, I looked at him. I was like, he goes, I, I've i been to, uh, or I'm Iraqi too. I'm like, dude, you've been in a cave with Iron Man. I know exactly who you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not so, pretend yeah. that you own a restaurant. 
<laughs> See, this is one of the reasons too why I like doing this podcast um, with you is because like I get these different. Uh, like I watched the episode. I've watched this episode twice, obviously, like I usually do. And I still there are still connections I don't make until I enter discussions about it with. Mm-hmm. You. So, uh, yeah, I didn't even I already have more of a connection between Saeed and his backstory just by talking about it. Yay. Rather yeah. Than just watching it. Well, anything Saeed, I'm I'm here for. You want to talk about Saeed? I'll talk about Saeed. I'll talk about him all day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not to go off topic again, but that just makes me think. I know you watch Big Bang Theory, so I can make this reference to you. But there's an episode, <laughs> an episode where Penny and Leonard are like, are in a hotel room, and they're both in separate beds. And Leonard just turns to Penny and it's like, "I've been more. I've gotten more street since we broke up." And that was just a total like, "I've gotten more street moment." Oh, hey. <laughs> That's from New Girl. If you watched New Girl, you would understand all day. Oh, day. I know. It just makes me think, come on, son, from Psych, which I don't know if you ever watched. Uh, no. <sighs> Welcome to the Lost Podcast that references every other show but Lost. Every. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, well. Uh, um, we're pop culture junkies. We can't help it. Well, and also, I, you know what? If we're not having fun, then we're not doing it right. That's true. That's very true. So that was me. So, so what's you? Um. Okay. So we talked. Uh, I'm glad we talked about the backstory first because that was something I want to bring up. And it just and the kitty. Changed. See, we we tied in cat gentlemen with kitties of this episode. <laughs> see, well, you see, see how I did that. Well, I just uh, real quick too. This is one of two new animals that we get in this episode. I mean, we've already gotten horses before. This is the first time we're seeing a cat. And we also saw cows. Yeah. Do we episode. know what happened to those cows when everything uh, blew up? We do barbecue. Beef jerky? <laughs> yeah, barbecue and beef jerky. Um, um, yeah, my so, daughter, I mean, wait, you- as an aside, my daughter went to uh, a, the creamery for a field trip yesterday and they were taught about milk and cows and how they only they only keep the female cows when they're born. I said, well, what happens to the male cow? She goes, I don't know. I go, And she looks at me, she goes, what does happen to them? I go, well, we get our burgers from somewhere. And I <laughs> think I shattered her brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, she looks at me, she goes, what? <laughs> I was like, well, burgers are, there. it's cow meat. And she goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to turn your daughter into a vegan. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. keep going. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, while we're on the topic of this, uh, you know, on the cat and Saeed and, and the flame and everything, uh, I want to talk about Michael because he is such an interesting character. Um, Michael, a.k.a. the man who never dies in season two <laughs> or season three, because Every time you think he dies, he comes back. And he's it's like, not. He's like Jason Voorhees. He kind of is. It's not until the end of this season that he finally dies. And and it's tragic. Well, not tragic for him. It's tragic that he takes somebody else with him. Um, but this isn't the last we see of this character either. We're going to see him again in season six. Um, with both eyes, by the way. Well, they're like, you know, all these characters, when you play with time like this, they're all like a bunch of bad pennies. Yeah. 
That's very true. But I mean, Michael is such a an interesting character. One because of the fact that he just doesn't die, but just the whole story with him and Saeed when he's telling him everything. The fact that like it's it's kind of like the whole two truths and a lie game. You know, like he's telling them all these things and he's being with the exception of who he is, like that the fact that he's not Dharma, he's really another. Everything else he tells Saeed is the absolute truth, mm. which I, I, I find such an interesting way to play with a character like that, because, you know, you've gotten dynamics with Ben where Ben just completely lied about everything to disguise who he was. And then there's Michael, who's who's basically hiding in plain sight. He's telling Saeed everything that's absolutely true, just negating one simple fact and that he's not Dharma, he's another. Well, it's easier to keep track of your lies too if if you're if you're not lying. If you're not right. I mean, if you're just saying like I'm the last living member of the Dharma initiative and then you just say the truth, just you're you were on a different side of it, you know? Yeah. Like that's just easier to keep track of. That's just good business. And it's easy for him to know the truth too, considering what he said, you know, that he's been in that he's been in the flame for I think what eleven years. Or was it 16 years? I don't remember. Um, it was either 11 or 16. But like he's he's been there the whole time. So everything he's talking about, whether it comes to the satellites not working and the communication with the mainland and the uh, you know um, uh, the purge that happens between the the natives and the Dharma Initiative, he's witnessed it all. So I mean, he's he's not lying about any of it. Now, as a viewer, I don't think you know this yet with the exception of the fact that he told Saeed everything I told you was true. Well, you could still be lying, but as viewers who have seen the series before, we know for a fact, he's not lying. Mm -hmm. Everything he's saying is the absolute truth. The well, we're going to find out about the, the purge in just a few episodes. Is it how many episodes until we find out about the purge? Not many it's, more. Um, it's like three or four more episodes. Par Avion is the Claire backstory, which, by the way, the very last scene of that episode is one of my favorite scenes of of any episode. I'll just say it involves Jack and football. Um, the man from Tallahassee is a fantastic episode, um, which we'll talk about into the new year. Then we have Expose, which <laughs> sorry, Gemma, I'm <laughs> you can record that episode by yourself <laughs> If you want to, <laughs> I, I'm totally fine not being a part of that one. Uh, Left Behind is a Kate episode. Juliet is one of us. I, I don't think it's for a while that we find out about the purge. It is this season, though. Yeah, but I think it's a little bit closer to the end. So um, and we're about halfway. Actually, we are. As of this episode, we're the end of this episode. We're halfway through season three. So I think it's towards the end of the second half of season three. But yeah, we're definitely going to find out. We find out about the purge and we find out about Ben Workman. <laughs> a workman, sorry. It's a workman. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I kind of, I just, that was my note. I wanted to talk about Michael a little bit because he's just, again, he's just a fun character. And the actor that plays him, plays him so well. Like, he's so good. I loved how kind he was in the beginning. I just loved it. <laughs> I'd like, yeah, like he knows it. it's it's so interesting to know that, again, Saeed knows exactly that this man is lying before he even goes in. He knows that someone else is there. 
Um, Michael knows exactly who Saeed and these guys and, and Locke and Kate are, but yet he's serving them iced tea. He's, he's removing the bullet. He's stitching him up. Like he's playing the part. And when we get that, it's even funny too, because I don't know if this is something you looked into or not. This is kind of jumping ahead a little bit. When we get that moment with Miss Clue, who we know is the other one that's that's there in the flame, um, when we get that standoff at the end and there's that dialogue in Russian back and forth. Um, before, Michael, I, have you read the translation of that at all? I was really hoping that you were going to take care of that for me. I did. I did. Um, so the translation is Clue says to Michael, Michael, you know what to do. Uh, Michael, we still have another way out. We cannot risk it. You know the conditions. There is another way. They captured us. We will not let them get into the territory. You know what to do. That's an order. We still have another way. Just do it, Michael. Forgive me. And then shoots Clue. Like, even, even in that whole interaction, He's trying to save Clue's life. Like he knows there's another way out without having to kill her. But Clue's just not having it. Crazy. Clue's that just not having it. She's so dedicated. She's going to die for the cause. Yeah. When she probably didn't have to. Mm-hmm. If Michael knew there was another way out. Maybe she was just tired of the charade. Maybe. Uh, you know, uh, that, that could be another way to do it. Um I have other points about the flame, but I'm going to turn it back over to you before we get into them to to see if there's anything else you have. Well, I was going. Oh, um, <clears throat> one last thing about Mikel was that you could probably tell that he wasn't on the up and up from the very first uh, shot of him because before he went inside the space, which, by the way, the space of the flame is just phenomenal. Uh, that's somewhere where I wouldn't mind living. Um just the openness and just all the rooms. And I just thought that that when they walked in, I go, that's just such a nice space. I love it. Um, but before it's like, he went yeah, in, it's, it's like a ranch house on the it island. Was, yeah, it was wonderful. Like they go in and I'm like, well, I could get down with this. Um, but before he goes inside, he looks around. Now, somebody who's been by themselves for 11 years that drew a line in the sand he, they, he would be comfortable enough to just go in and out and meander all around minding his own business without looking around like somebody was coming for him. So he was expecting somebody immediately. Like that's not somebody who has let their guard down. That's not somebody who um, who has been living there for a really long time, completely unbothered. So that was probably the first tip off for Saeed that he was not going to be on the up and up. And and uh, coupled with the horse with the saddle that was saddled for somebody smaller, those two things I would I would go in there knowing okay this is going to be a game. Well, let's not forget too that Michael also knows they they know he's there because of the the moment in the pearl station when they were checking the cameras. Michael probably saw that red light on his camera turn on realized it was coming, you know, knows exactly where those feeds go. And that's the Pearl Station probably knew these guys found the Pearl Station. They see me. I I should be expecting them at some point. They're going to come look for me. So he's probably been on his guard since that happened. Yeah, but when did Clue get there? Well, here's my here's my other note on the flame. Um, and I'm wasn't she on Hydra? No, she wasn't because remember when when Clue and that group had Walt, they 
sent them to they sailed around the island to look for their encampment, which is where they were. I think, and this was this is my note on the flame. I think that's where Walt was held, was the flame. No, um, he was. Be- I, I thought that we already knew that he was in room twenty three. We know at some point he was taken to room twenty three, but I don't know if that's maybe necessarily where he was held. Um, the only thing that makes me think this is because we know there's a computer it, that can communicate with other computers in the flame, and we know that Walt did reach out to. Well, it, actually, it might not have been Walt; it could have been one of the others leading him there. Um, and tricking Michael. So, okay. So I take it back. Maybe he wasn't in the flame. I mean, that would be a good, that would be a good, um, barometer, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. I think maybe this is one of the things that people had an issue with when it came to the show is that there are things that just are left a mystery. I'm personally okay with that. Like, I like the fact that, I don't think there would be as many podcasts on this show if every mystery was solved. Yeah. Like, what would we have to talk about? Like, you know, it's it's making theories like this. Well, maybe Walt was held in the flame. No, he wasn't. Maybe he was in, you know, room 23. Like, that's that's what keeps this discussion going. And I, right. I, I, I like the reason. I like the fact that not every question was answered because it keeps these discussions going long after the series has ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. That's That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So to everybody who hates the show, uh, get bent. Sorry. Get bent. <laughs> I just like that. It's like the third time this week I've had the chance to use that phrase. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that was that was just simply my other note with um with that was maybe Walt was kept in in the flame, but I don't. I, maybe that's not the case now. I mean, what a great place to be. Oh, uh, he would be comfortable and fed. Lots of beef. Now, that's lots very, of beef and true. milk. That's <laughs> very true. Now, I did notice something about um, when I was looking over in this in my second viewing of the episode. There was something I noticed. Everything that you saw in the in the flame station had the Dharma flame logo on it, with the exception of one thing: the beef. There was. No, well, the beef didn't have the (laughs) Hey, man, if there are sharks under the water with the Dharma logo branded on it, the cows could have a Dharma logo branded on it too. That's true. Wouldn't that be great if we could like go back and slow mo it and see if we can find it? I I don't think they went into that much detail, but it'd be great if they did. Um, No, there's a bottle of wine in the Dharma in the in the flame that has the Swan logo on it. Really? Yes. So. That makes me believe that Michael and, um, oh God, what was the the character that was in there with Desmond? Kelvin. Kelvin. I think Michael and Kelvin knew each other and probably visited each other at certain points before any of this happened. Now, this is something that's never explained and never explored, but the fact that there's a swan bottle of wine in there, I think they knew each other. Not to mention they're both characters that I think we find out at some point are both ex-military. That's kind of sweet. 
Because I think, cause, well, we actually, we we find not we find out at some point, we find out this episode that Michael was ex-military. He was ex-Soviet military, as was Kelvin, ex-US military. So, and they both answered ads in the paper to quote unquote, save the world. So they were probably brought to the island by the same method, by this, this newspaper adver- advertisement to get them there. Uh, um, excuse me. Advertisement. advertisement advertisement sorry um they probably talked to one another and i because so I, I just find hey man why not kelvin was a communications officer in the u.s military so why why wouldn't he know russian i'm shocked that saeed did not know russian well he i don't think he's ever spent time there has he yeah but he seems to know everything like, he seems to just be that guy. Like, he's the James Bond of the island. So I was just kind of expecting him to be like, or something, you know? That's Arabic. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, if I don't know the language, that's the, that's what I say. <laughs> if, I, if I say French, I'm saying, because <laughs> I don't know. I'm like Joey. Yeah. Je te flip flu. <laughs> oh god i love that episode so, he, yeah. he's teaching him teaching him french that is a great episode so um what's another note that you have on your end um i really like that hurley is aware of sawyer's defenses that he knows at at its heart at his heart that sawyer's not a bad guy and that hurley understands that he's just worried about kate and he's been through a lot. And Sawyer does that thing where he basically gets everybody to hate him. So it's easier for him to be left alone so that he doesn't have to care about people. Um, and I love that Hurley recognizes that and forgives him for it and his and is his friend anyways. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I, I love the fact that this episode started with uh, quote unquote sad Sawyer. Um, uh, but yeah, but we have half ponytail Sawyer and I like half ponytail Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so good. <laughs> half ponytail Sawyer. It's an interesting note too, <clears throat> excuse me, that we are 11 episodes into the season and Sawyer has had more screen time than Jack. Good. That's why season three is good. We haven't. This is the second episode in a row with no Jack, which I think and, is the first time in the series that it happened. And it feels kind of good. It, yeah, it's now. I looked into that a little bit too to see why we we went this long with no Jack, and apparently at this point in time, uh, so right around this point in time of when they were filming these episodes was also the same time that uh, Matthew Fox was doing promotional work for the movie we are marshall so he was doing a lot of i love that movie it's a fantastic movie so he was doing a lot of talk show appearances and stuff like that so they kind of had to write him off for a couple episodes um so that he could do the the tours for for the film because he shot the movie in between seasons two and three well the show Um, didn't suffer oh well i know you feel like the show (laughs) The show didn't suffer. Uh, but apparently at the point now where he was doing all these talk show appearances and Lost was still in full gear, 
there was actually rumors and theories that the reason we saw Jack doing these, we saw Matthew Fox doing these talk show things was that he was killed off. He was getting killed off by the end of the season. People were putting two and two together that he was he was doing all these promotional stuff, which meant he wasn't filming while the show was still filming, which meant Jack was possibly going to die. And that, then that is wasn't very the case cool. Yeah, that's very cool because that makes it more suspenseful. Yeah, that's why I don't go. I don't seek out stuff on social media. I don't seek out information about movies or shows or anything. And and you know me, you know me pretty well, and so you know this about me already. But I just think that it makes the payoff that much better. It, Like, TV should be suspenseful. We shouldn't be saying, like, oh, well, Denai Guerrera is leaving because she's now a big star in the Marvel Universe, so we're going to expect Michonne to leave and blah, 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 blah. And this is how it's going to happen. And here's the grid. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, give it a rest. I get it. We're all fans. Just let's watch it. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and you're right. I mean, but when you think back to it, too, I think Lost is really the reason people started doing stuff like this. Like it, it, people weren't talking about shows nearly as much on social media as they did until Lost. Because everybody had predictions. Lost was Lost was legitimately the first show I can remember that was legit water cooler talk at work. Well, there wasn't social media. I mean, there was, but it was like Friendster and MySpace and no everybody just couldn't figure out what it was for. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was one of those instances where you started seeing blogs about show theories and things oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, like chat rooms and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about chat rooms. <laughs> I miss chat rooms. Every <laughs> once in a while. I do, too. People were so mean. <laughs> <laughs> They're still mean on social media. Yeah, but it was like, like Reddit, like I go on Reddit and, and it reminds me of like Reddit is an evolved version of chat rooms, right? But Reddit, people aren't really mean as much as they're just like super sarcastic and kind of clever. Sometimes yeah. they're super clever. But like in chat rooms, people would like, they were vicious. I remember I had an opinion about um, N NERD, um, Pharrell Williams's uh, hip hop group. Mm -hmm. And I got breaked over the coals for it for like days. And I'm like, ouch, I don't like this place. It's mean and cold and I don't like it. <laughs> So, I don't know. Social media is a, is a cold, fickle bitch. I don't miss Facebook. I'm sure you don't. And trust me, if it wasn't for the podcast network and the, the event that I'm putting together, I probably would have left it by now, too. Not going to lie. Yeah, I don't uh, miss it at all. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really, again, I don't have a lot of notes for this episode because I figured I would just bounce a lot of stuff off of you and I, I kind of already have. Uh, but, you know, while we're on the topic of Sawyer, I, I do have some final notes about that. Uh, can I just say Sawyer's nickname game was on point again this episode until it's taken away from him by Hurley? I know. Thankfully, only for a week. Like I like it that sunset a week. Yeah. Because I I don't think viewers would have been happy if he had to stop giving nicknames for the rest of the series. What you nickname know? did he use this week? It was great. Oh, he used Zorro for Paolo. That's what it was, Zorro. <laughs> and I like it when he looked at Nikki and he was like, who are you? I, I love that. I have a note about that, too. And B, who the hell are you? <laughs> it's like, I love that. That's like with Chandler going, going you are new. <laughs> 
Like you don't even you're not you don't even rate high enough for me to give you a nickname. Like <laughs> that's I love that about that. Even though Paolo got one, Nikki didn't even get a nickname. Well, um, Nikki talked to him like they knew each other. I'd be yeah. I would be super irritated if somebody talked to me like they knew me. I'd be like, uh, who are you? But two of my other favorite nicknames from this episode, uh, Hurley getting the nickname Avalanche. <laughs> don't, don't, don't know where that came from, but I love it. Uh, and Jin and Sun, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, my uh, gosh. Th- He's this- so racist. And uh, <laughs> for some reason, it's fine. Like, everybody's just fine with racist Sawyer. <laughs> we We let him get away with it. And it's like, not like us as viewers are going to... Or are going to reprimand him because we can't. He's a character in a uh, TV show. He could not get. They could not get away with that in today's world. No, at not all. at all. Not at all. Um, the character of Sawyer would be completely different now. But we, as viewers, you're right. It's it's there's there's a bit of racism to the nicknames that he says. A but- bit. Crouching tiger, hidden dragon. He's not calling that to like Kate and Locke. I know. He's go- <laughs> to the two Asian characters, he's calling them crouching tiger, hidden dragon. But as viewers, <laughs> he called we're them like that the Latino guy is Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it because so because as, as viewers, we're like, wow, that's yeah, we're okay with it. I'm okay with that. He's like your creepy Uncle John or something like that. You know, like he's just like the uncle that shows up and says stuff. And you're like, well, I'm going to laugh at this because there's no way out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, but I but I love it. It's and But you know what? At the same time, that's also what leads Son to say no more nicknames for a mm-hmm. week. You and know. I love I love it that we get kind of like a little dip into Jin and Sun and you know their marriage is so different than it was in the beginning like you know Jin comes up he's like I'm sorry what's going on over here and she tells him and there's no pride anymore in Jin like he's just he's one of the group he's included she's included it um you know it, it it's not even really addressed I just like it that Jin and Sun are a pair. They're a solid unit and they're a part of the group. Like they're just one of a part of the group. They're not isolated anymore. Jin's not, you know, telling her to button up her shirt or he's angry that everybody's talking and he doesn't understand. Like it, it's just really, really nice. Well, yeah, because we, we've talked about this before, too. When you look at the arc that those two characters make, not just individually, but together as a duo, mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. such an extreme arc. And it's it's what makes those two characters so dynamic and two of our favorite characters that at this, while we love them so much makes their demise when it happens, which isn't for a while. So relax. Um, it's <laughs> so much more tragic, mm-hmm. you know, because at this point, like their arc has hit. And at that point, their arc is hit, and it, that's what makes it so tragic. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, you know what? And also, sorry, I keep I keep coming back to stuff with Sawyer. Totally fine. Um, is that they're not doing it to be mean to Sawyer with the no nicknames thing? They're all they're all friends. I mean, just last episode, you had Charlie, uh, Jin, Sawyer, and Hugo with the van. Yeah. You know, so it's like they're not they don't hate him. They're not malicious. They're really friendly and they're friends. And I don't think that Sawyer has had friends before. And I don't think he understands that this is what friends do to each other. 
Well, I think it's yeah, I think it's it's at the same time. It's you're right. It's it's not being mean to Sawyer. It's one, it's making a point, but two, through like friendly ribbing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. a it's a total friendly bet. If it was a if this was meant to be mean and vindictive to Sawyer, that hole for one week would not have existed. Like they know this is totally Sawyer's character to make mm-hmm. nicknames, and they've kind of accepted it at this point. They've so totally that's what, accepted it. So that's why it's like, okay, for a week you can't make nicknames. If they hated it and didn't accept that as Sawyer's character, that would have been you can't call us any nicknames ever again. Ever again, exactly. They say a week, and then everybody's laughing and agreeing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. You know, and. But it's funny because I think the dynamic is is that he doesn't understand that they're his friends. Well, we're he's definitely going to come to that realization soon, right? Um, right. Because we see Sawyer make some big sacrifices. Uh, I think next season. Um, yeah. No sacrifices no. that Jack isn't willing to make. I know. Um, so yeah, yeah. He Sawyer makes a pretty big sacrifice, and it's not his life, um, but. It it it's just as big, yeah. Um, you know he he doesn't sacrifice his life. He sacrifices rescue and freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, be, for these people that he realizes at this point are yeah his friends and he loves these mm-hmm. people. Yeah, you know. So it's he's another. That's why again we talked about the dynamic and the arc of Jin and Son. But Sawyer again is another character that has such an incredible arc that. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like when I rewatch this, when I rewatch this series, we've talked about this before. I am a much bigger Sawyer fan than I am Jack. <laughs> I love Jack. I'm a much bigger Sawyer fan than I am Jack. Mm-hmm. That's because he's just a better character. I think he is. I, I think <laughs> I think he's more complex and more dynamic. I use that word dynamic a lot, but there's no other word I can use to to describe him. But and at the you know at the same time, he's when we're like ta- a parfait. <laughs> many different or an onion many right, different yeah. layers um one of the other things i noticed too about this whole thing you know we get that moment with paulo with the guns and ammo magazine and he's got it wrapped around toilet paper and so he's like never mind just keep it you know he's Ugh, he's still this, i feel that he's still this materialistic person because he hasn't quite crumbed the grips yet with the point that you made that these people are his friends you know like he can grasp onto friendship rather than materials right now he's still in that i'm grasping the materials not friends element Um, he thinks that people are only going to talk to him if he has stuff that people need yeah but by the end of the episode too when you get that moment where hurley gives him magazines back like it's like this is a group of people who have come to realize what Sawyer will soon realize is that materialistic the materials don't matter like mm-hmm. it's e- it's each other which is why Hurley's totally willing to give him back some of his things without pressure without asking didn't have to do it he won that ping pong game fair and square didn't have to give him anything back but still gives him something back because he knows like that's a way to show Sawyer look we're friends. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they're trying mm-hmm. to get this across to Sawyer. We're happy that you're back. We want you to be here. Please start to relax a little. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of calm down <laughs> a little bit. So, and I just, I love that. I love the interactions between these characters because while I don't think, 
one of this the show has kind of shifted a little bit in that in the first couple seasons we got these incredibly dynamic backstories while we're still figuring out these characters in the present day and it's kind of switched now where the backstories aren't nearly as in, they're still intriguing but not as nearly as intriguing as they used to be because now we're just finding little nuances about their past but the present day is becoming so much more nuanced because of the dynamic that these characters are making with each other Mm-hmm. And I, I would love, agree with that. I love that. It's that's that's yeah, that's a great point. It shifted. That's really all the notes I have on my end about the episode. So I'm going to turn it back over to you for any final notes that you have. The only thing that I have to say is that Enter Seven Seven um, is on the trivia day seventy seven on the island. Yes, I noticed that as well, which I I think is is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I think um, I don't I read this somewhere online, so I can't take credit for this. And I don't think it's said in the episode. I think that whoever wrote this is the reason is the person that came up with this. But at the end of the episode, when the flame explodes because of the C4 after entering 77, um, I, I think they lost a, a good moment for somebody maybe locked to say, I guess that's why they call it the flame. Oh my gosh! And Locke would have totally said that, I, right? Locke, Locke is like the dad joke of the island for sure. <laughs> I feel like they kind of lost out on Locke saying, "Like, I guess that's why they call it the flame." Oh my gosh, that would have been perfect. I'm just gonna pretend that that happened because <laughs> the flame went up in flames. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, that was awesome. Yeah. Um. Gosh, you know all those binders. It, all those binders. I I hope that they took a couple of them and not just a page with the maps. I yeah. I think that's all they took. Um, or at that's least all they take needed. all of the beef. Uh, that was a lot of beef that could have fed everybody. Yeah, but how do you keep it? I don't. You dry it. Do what you know settlers used to do. I don't know. Because it was Saeed. Kept- Saeed would know what to do. Either that or you just you you do like just one big massive cookout. Well, every, all the toilet paper would be gone after that. <laughs> You'd be using the pages of Guns and Ammo. Yeah, that's totally true. Gross. <laughs> On that <Ugh>. note. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So next week, which you're going to be on vacation. um, well, I mean, it depends. If Des can do the episode with me, then we'll do the episode while you're on vacation next week. If not, we'll just wait until you get back and we'll do it the week of uh, of Christmas. Um, but yeah, the next episode that we're going to be, one way or another, we're going to be discussing is Par Avion, which is a Claire flashback. And again, more dynamic with Michael and this group going to find the barracks uh, because by the end, they find the barracks. And yeah, the, the pylons are very interesting and i'm excited for the next phase of this show because um it starts to get really interesting and really really complicated and i like complicated yeah yeah it complicates it's different complicated not convoluted is what we get from this series and that's what i really really dig Mm-hmm. So uh, the rest of the series, man, I mean, from I mean, there are some there are some lulls in story where we're, they kind of stretch it a little bit. But for the rest of season three and the season four, man, we we're into some strong material and I can't wait to to dive into it. Yeah, I'm excited. 
Agreed. So, um, so, okay, yeah. So that being said, I think that's going to recap. That's going to end the recap of the episode. We do have some feedback. Uh, our our friends Steve and Dez both left us voicemails again this week. But before we get into those, uh, there are multiple ways. We, we want to encourage you guys to leave us feedback as well. There are multiple ways you can do that. First and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Twitter at lost revisit pod. You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so who do you want to start with? You want to start with Steve or you want to start with Des? Let's start with Steve. Let's start with Steve. All right. Uh, here is our feedback from our buddy Steve Brown. The sky turned purple. After that, I don't ask any questions. Uh, <laughs> hey, Ben and Chris, it's Steve. This is for Enter 7 7. And uh, just just a few notes, not not uh, not a lot for this episode. It was really good, but uh, uh, a couple of really good lines. That one from Hurley, and then uh, when Sawyer is is uh, like A because it was mine when I took it. B, who the hell are you? And C, <laughs> here's the deal. I'll make you. I was just I was laughing, and uh, he really does overestimate his skills sometimes. But uh, I love that uh, Hurley obviously knew how good he was at uh, ping pong before he started that whole match. But I thought it was it was great. Um, son, you know, making the the thing about no nicknames for a week, I thought was really cool. Do you think it was her idea or do you think it was uh, Jen's idea that he understood oh, enough of what was going on uh, and said to her, hey, why don't you tell him no nicknames? Maybe she, the whole thing for a week uh, threw me off for a bit, but then I realized that it, it was probably a good idea because, you know, if you try to go for a month or six months or whatever, uh, Sawyer's not going to have it, and a, a week is a, a good amount of time. Um, uh, um, the Saeed flashback and with the cat, uh, I, I liked it. I remembered it. So it, it must have been one that stuck out in my my mind uh, from the last time or from however long it's been since I watched the series. So I, I remembered everything that was going to happen and knew already that it was it was going to be that eventually he was going to admit that, yes, he did torture her and then she was going to uh, let him go. So, uh, and you know, I, I'm, I'm glad they gave us that bit of dialogue from uh, Saeed or with Mikhail where he realized that they knew he was lying to them and you know I said why are we going to play this game and then started to fight so uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys thought talk to you later uh, yeah I just I completely forgot thanks for the voicemail too Steve um, I completely forgot about, about that line too with uh, at, in the very beginning where they're talking about um when they find the ping pong table and, you know, Hurley's explaining like they found it out in the woods and, you know, when the when the hatch exploded and Sawyer's like, well, I thought it collapsed. He's like, dude, I don't ask questions ever since the sky went purple. I just e eat a salad and walk away. And Sawyer's like, yeah, we see how well that's working out for you. <laughs> Jesus, like you are such a dick, but I love it. I love I love Sawyer so much. Oh God! I love. We see how well that's working dick. out for you. You're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lovable dick, and I love it. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, all right. So that leaves us. Uh, here is our voicemail from our buddy Des. 
Oh, God. <laughs> uh, is this the whole voicemail? I don't know. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Okay, it's not. Um, anyway, so, Enter 77. Is it just me, or is Pablo... Pablo. Freaking. Is Paolo... <laughs> Always going to the bathroom, coming back to the bathroom, <laughs> or pretty much always talking about going to the bathroom. <laughs> Love this episode. Got to meet Mikhail all the way. Got to watch Miss Klug blow herself away. Um, but pretty much the only thing I got with this episode is how worthless John Locke can be. First of all, he spends half the episode playing chess, wins once. Big deal. Then he completely misses out on an entire fight because he's playing chess. And third, he blows up the station because somebody (laughs) told him to. What the hell ever happened to the lock that said, don't tell me what I can do, don't tell me what I can't do. I'm my own man. Bullshit, John. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Des is super salty today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's let's focus on a couple of points of this voicemail for a second. Uh, first off, uh, Des, you're absolutely right. Paolo has some gastrointestinal problems. <laughs> you would too if you were on an island eating boar and mango all the time. But I never realized he's constantly going to the bathroom. <laughs> um, well, now. To be fair, the one time we see him go to the bathroom in the Pearl Station, there is an ulterior motive to that. We find that out in Expose. Um, but this time, yeah, he was legit going to the bathroom. Like he had some <laughs> he, he had some business to take care of in the woods. <laughs> um, also, jo- he makes up a really good point about John and not being a part of the fight because he came in and they're like, and and he's like, oh, Mikel's on the ground and half of you are bleeding. All right, I'm going to go back to this chess game, okay? <laughs> you look like you guys have this totally under control. <laughs> um, which, by the way, Des, just a small correction, he won that chess game twice because he had to <laughs> win it again to go back in to enter 77. Um, but again, I don't think he knew that entering 77 was going to make the flame explode. John didn't know about the C4 in the basement. John was never told about that because he was too busy playing chess. So I think he just entered 70. That's true. He just hit enter 77 because he knew that that's, you know, if there was an, an incursion by the hostiles, that's what you were supposed to do. So, yeah, I think that you're right. He didn't know because he looked pretty surprised that that had happened. Yeah, I I don't think which is why that's why it's called the flame (laughs) should have been a thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he knew that 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 entering 77 was going to cause the flame to explode. So that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, we, you, you're, you're good for, you're good for a good point every once in a while. Every once in a while I make a good one. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but that's gonna, that's, uh, we appreciate the voicemails. Uh, Stephen does, as always, we encourage uh, all of our listeners to leave us some feedback as we mentioned the early, the ways you can do it earlier on, uh, because you know, we're going to use it and we love hearing it. Even if it's a different opinion of what we have, those are the ones we love hearing, uh, even more. So, oh my gosh, please tell me that you hate stuff. I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I live off of debate. <laughs> 
even if you're watching this, even if you didn't like Lost, but you're re-watching just to hear things that we say about it, and you're still and you still hate the show, even though you're forcing yourself to watch it, leave us feedback and tell us why. Like it's please you know, do. We find that stuff interesting. Like we love it. Um but yeah, so I mean, we're getting close to wrapping up this episode uh, of the podcast uh, as we've been doing lately. Again, we can't really talk Mandalorian because I haven't watched it yet. Um, that makes me very upset. I know. I know. I should have watched it by now. I just want to go on record and say that makes me very upset because I was all set to break <laughs> some Mandalorian down, man. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, as we have been doing these past couple episodes, and I, I like the fact that we're doing, because uh, Rob and I do this on the DC podcast, too. Um, anything that you kind of have seen over the past couple weeks, like over the Thanksgiving holiday that you kind of want to recommend to people or? Yes. Okay. I'm so glad that you asked because I do have something. Okay, I do, too. And so it's it's Castle Rock season two. So I we started it late well we started it on time and then we took a massive break and now we've started it back up so for those of you who maybe haven't seen it or have been like putting it off or whatever and you saw season one you liked what you saw season two is phenomenal it's phenomenal it's better than season one in my opinion and season two has got some real kicker moments and we got I feel like I got kicked in the teeth last night and I have nobody to talk about it with <laughs> and I just it's driving me insane I just think it's so good right now like Dave's watching it and but there there are a couple of aspects that he isn't up on and I was just like but don't you like I'm I'm trying to talk to him about it last night and without giving spoilers, I can't, I, like, I can't say anything right now. But it, it, it just, I, I became increasingly frustrated because nobody around me seems to be watching it. And I'm behind on it. I'm behind. I think that we're still behind, like, two or three episodes. For all I know, the season's over. I, I, I'm I, so into it. I don't even want to, like, see how many episodes there are because I don't want to know, like, the synopsis or see pictures on Hulu or anything like that, right? Because mm -hmm. I just want to kind of be in it. It's phenomenal this year. Lizzie Kaplan, who plays the lead character this season, is I've never seen her before. If I have, I I don't remember seeing her before on anything. She is incredible. Incredible. Um Tim Robbins is in it. He's great. Uh the the captain guy from Captain Phillips, I'm the captain now. That guy, he's in it and he's great. Um it's such a different story from season one, but it still does what they said that they were going to do by it. It The whole town is its own character. And so they do make references to other incidents. And, you know, like you can talk about like they've taken parts of Stephen King and, and they've injected it. Well, it, it's a Stephen King. Show. Anyways. I, I could go on and on and on about this, and I don't want to because I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I just, if you haven't started season two yet, please start it, watch it, and then call me because I need to talk about it because I'm so excited about okay, it. Okay, so I'm just seeing something here. Lizzie Kaplan is playing Annie Wilkes. Yes. She's playing, that's the main character from Misery. Yes. Okay, that might be enough to get me to check it out because I I love it is so good. Did you watch season no, one? No, but I and but I love. There's something wrong with I you. 
I love Stephen <laughs> King, and 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 you know, it, it, there is technically is a tie-in to season one with Lost in that um, Terry O'Quinn was in a couple episodes of uh, of season one. He um, was in like half of the episodes, was he? But oh, you also didn't mention that Bill Skarsgård is in this season of of. Uh, no, of, he's just in season one. No, oh, in Castle Rock. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't. Yeah. So I'm again. I don't know. <coughs> yeah, he plays. He plays. Um, he plays one of the main characters in season one. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's gonna. That's. I'm gonna have to check that out then, because I'm a big Stephen King fan, and I. Uh, yeah, I want to check it out. Please do. I, it's really good. It's a. It's. I just think that you know a lot of shows have a sophomore slump, and I don't think that they. That I. I think they struck gold twice. Cool. Yeah. I've heard good things about it. I just need to. I need to. I need to just finally buck up and watch it. Yeah, you need to do that with New Girl too, man. I know. I know. I'm so far behind on everything. <laughs> I'm, well, <laughs> between okay. between watching Crisis on Infinite Earths right now, the Star Wars movies. I'm I'm still watching Star Wars Rebels right now. Um, I gotta watch New Girl. I gotta watch uh, Castle Rock. I, God, there's so much I need to watch. Luckily, the weather's bad, so it's a good time to just watch TV. This is true. Uh, so my recommendation for this week, the thing I want to recommend to people is I saw a movie um, on opening night about a week and a half ago that no lie, I saw it once and in one viewing, I'm actually going to see it again next week. Um, in one viewing was enough to put this movie in my top three movies of the year. Um, yeah, I know what you're going to say, too, because you texted me the minute you came out of that theater. I think yeah. you were still in the theater. <laughs> I, I was. I, the credits had just started running when I texted you. Um, I saw the movie Knives Out. It is phenomenal. Um, it is. I think, God, I got to check. I got to double check. But I think it is still at like a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. That's impressive. Yeah, it's. Because um, there's a lot of haters out there. It's. Let me tell you, the story is completely original. It's yeah, it's at a ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, the the characters are so dynamic. Uh, Daniel Craig is fucking amazing. I love it. Um, and even it's one of those movies that even when you think you've got it figured out, by the end of the movie, you realize what you figured out is literally just a sliver of what is going on. Well, and America's ass is in it too. America, and he's such a dick, and I love it. I, <laughs> I love it. He is such a dick in that movie. I bet after playing Captain America for ten years, he's like, I need to be an asshole somewhere, anywhere. Don't care. I need. I if, need to play somebody that is not Captain America. Well, that was one of my selling points, and one of the reasons why I wanted to see the movie is because the very first trailer for the movie I saw was the Red Band trailer for Knives Out, which I recommend anybody go and watch. And there's a moment in the Red Band trailer where you just see Chris Evans go, you know what? Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. And he's just pointing to all his different different family members like, eat shit? Definitely eat shit. Uh, it's so... <laughs> <laughs> That's like in Half-Baked. Fuck you. Yep. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're, You're cool. cool. I'm fuck out. you. Yep. I'm out. <laughs> yep. it's, it's, it is. It's totally one of those moments where he's just like, eat shit. Eat shit. Definitely eat shit. Eat, it's, it's so great. Um... Anybody who hasn't seen it yet, if you're looking for something like a real, I'm getting to the point now where, because I just saw a news story on Facebook last night and I posted about it and I posted my anger about it, that they're rebooting. I know what you're going to say because I'm pissed about it too. They're rebooting Home Alone. That is ridiculous. Why? That is, it's 
perfect the way it is. It is per- and, and you know what? They tried to do kind of a reboot with Home Alone 3 with new with like a new kid. And guess what? It's the worst one. It's so bad we won't show it to our kids. I've never watched it because I refuse to. Like it's Home Alone 1 and 2 with Macaulay Culkin are fantastic. They're great movies. They still hold up to this day. I watch them every Christmas. Like they're essential. Yeah, oh, we've Christmas. already seen them. Yeah. Well, you know, Macaulay Culkin says that he can't leave his house the entire month of December. Oh, yeah, because that's what everybody every wants to talk to him about. year. Yeah, every year they want him to go, ah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard interviews with him. Um, he's been on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, and he talked about that a little bit. But, yeah, like, uh, there's no reason to reboot Home Alone. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Unless it's going to be Kevin McAllister's kids and Macaulay Culkin is still in it. No, yeah. don't do it. No, I saw like Ellie Kemper was was cast and um, one of the guys from Jojo Rabbit, which is another movie I want to see, was cast. And like I, a friend of mine said, well, at least they got funny people. Yeah, that's great that they got funny people, but it's still a story that doesn't need to be retold. Like, no, it doesn't. You know what? They're going to start doing that with like Wizard of Oz and Lord of the Rings and Matrix and stuff. And you know what? That doesn't need to happen. Well, Matrix is getting a, is getting a follow up. Um, what I'm saying is, is that the, if if they do it with Home Alone, they're going to start rebooting everything. And yeah. I agree. I and I know the point you're about to make. I agree that original content wins every time. Yes. Castle Rock, Castle Rock, that's original content. They are taking an entire universe created by Stephen King and all the elements of his stories, and they are making new content with it. So, I mean, if you want to do something like that, do it. Do it up, because I think that 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 can be a really original idea. But don't remake shit that's already been made. I was really hesitant to watch it for a really long time because I love the original so much. Now, I think they did a really good job with with it but that could have gone horrible oh it absolutely could have gone horrible i mean and i'm very skeptical i'm still very hesitant i'm very much looking forward to the new miniseries of the stand because i love the original with gary sinise uh, um, and rob lowe and molly ringwald and them um i'm liking the casting that they're doing and if it's anything like they did with um you know, with it, you know, transitioning it, adding it, making it more to the more to the book and and such, then it's going to be great. And I'm I'm still looking forward to that. Um, but you know, and I, I'm okay with continuing a franchise if the material is new. You know, take the Mandalorian for example. It's a continuation of the Star Wars franchise, but it's a completely original story. You know, you're 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 just continuing the legacy of a franchise. And it's amazing. Take Ghostbusters Afterlife. I know I'm excited for it because it's a passing of the torch. It's it's continuing a less you're not retelling Ghostbusters. You're continuing the story and passing on the torch to a new to a new set of people in telling in in that telling of the new story. So I'm excited yeah, for that. Yeah, I, I I'm on I'm on the fence with that. I know you we are. talked about that already. Yeah. I mean, and we're in a year. You know, we're we're looking at a year with Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. We had Avengers: Endgame. We had like all these massive, massive blockbuster hits that were sequels. But three of my my top three favorite movies of this year, none of those sequels are in my top three. I loved them. Uh, I don't get me wrong. I adore Endgame. I will watch it. Endgame is one of my favorite <clears throat> all time movies. I love that movie. I will watch it, and I still cho- I still get teared up 
every time I watch it, um, both for happy and sad tears. But my three favorite movies of the year are all original movies. I got Knives Out is in my top three, Ready or Not, which I thought was a fantastic take on a dark horror comedy. Um, and the, the Peanut Butter Falcon, which was a movie I thought I was going to like and ended up adoring um, with Shia LaBeouf. And I think it's a comeback for him as an actor. Oh, I heard that he was real good in that. He is phenomenal in that movie. And the kid that they have playing, uh, the, they have an actual actor with Down syndrome playing the uh, playing the kid with Down syndrome. And he's amazing in it. I don't like Dakota Johnson because of the um, Fifty Shades of Grey movies, but she's fantastic in this movie. Yeah, that's like poor Kristen Stewart. Like, she had a bad rap because of the movie she was in, but she's actually a pretty great actress. She is. Same with Robert Pattinson. Like, when people, when they announced that Robert Pattinson was going to be the next Batman, people were like, oh, well, he was Edward in Twilight. So what? Like, have you seen any of his other movies? He's actually a good actor. He was Cedric Diggory. I know. Before <laughs> he was Edward in Twilight. And it's so funny that he doesn't even like to acknowledge Twilight anymore. Like he doesn't even like the fact. Nobody does. He doesn't even like to admit it. it, it could like Anna Kendrick, for example. Every time I say I adore Anna Kendrick, but I hate Twilight, they're like, "Well, you know, Anna Kendrick was in Twilight, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." Watch an interview with Anna Kendrick, and her response was, "Her response is always, I was," <laughs> because she doesn't admit it either. They're horrible movies. I'm sorry. Yeah, they are awful, awful movies, and the books are shit. I'm sorry. I completely agree with you. No, but to any of yeah. my, any of the listeners who might like disagree with that, look, the books are total shit and the movies are worse. Like, but yet there are people that like you could create a Twilight con and people will flood in through the doors. Well, that's a con that I could stay away from. <laughs> Me too. Hey, let's get James Frazier to run it. Oh, God. Oh, let's not talk about that. That's going to go for another hour if we talk about that. No worries. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So original content. Yes. Don't do Home Alone. Watch Castle Rock and watch Knives Out. Yeah. I think I think that's a good a good way to end <laughs> I think it. that covers it. That's a great way to end the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I will say this to wrap up. Uh, enjoy your vacation next week. Thank you. I don't know if my next co-host will be Des or will be you the following week. So if you don't hear us next week, it's because uh, Des is Des said no. Des said no, <laughs> or just our schedule just didn't work out. It could be that too. Um, but yeah, one way or another, you'll hear us either next week or the following week. And then the, again, the following week, we're going to be a day late because it's Christmas week. So we're going to record on Friday and post on Saturday. And then the week after that into 2020, we're we're back on regular schedule. So it's going to be fun. With Manifest. That's right. Well, Manifest is back. Well, well, so it'll be a couple more weeks, but Manifest comes back. I believe it's January 6th for season two. Yeah. So we'll probably be talking about that the the second week into um, the second week into 2020. So we'll, we'll see. We still have a we still have the season one Blu-ray set to. Uh... No, 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 we don't. Uh, our, our, no. Oh, we uh, our buddy Steve Brown. Uh, oh, good for him. Good job, Steve. Yep. So, uh, yep. Our buddy Steve Brown got that. So, uh, but yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, as always, thank you guys for being listeners. Uh, we appreciate the feedback when you leave it. If you haven't left this feedback yet, please, we encourage you to do so. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care.
Merry Christmas. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>